Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. My name is Rodney DeBolsley. I'm joined by Dane Young and Jim Donnan. Coach Jim Donnan, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach, who is back from Vegas after sending uh, one of his charges, one of his best players, into the College Football Hall of Fame. We're glad Coach uh, flew back today just to make this show. So uh, he should be taking it easy, but he's here to answer your questions. So please get your questions into the comment section. Uh, ask away. And share this with your friends. Coach should have just taken the week off, but he's he's a grinder. So he's here to talk uh, uh, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, transfer portals, bets and Bennett, offensive line, whatever the hell you want to talk about. Coach is here to talk about it and uh, answer your questions. A uh, quick shout out to our sponsors over at Athens Ford, Dead Soxy, Your Pie, uh, Prime Shrimp, MyPerfectFranchise.net, and, of course, Academia Brewing Company. Coach, I'm so glad you made it back. Tell us how how was it in Vegas seeing uh, your uh, guys there enshrined into the Hall of Fame? Well, it was a really uh, special moment uh, from for Champ. First of all, just to be recognized, and when you listen to all of the uh, credentials that they started talking about, it's amazing. And he didn't win the Heisman Trophy instead of Woodson because <laughs> he had so many better stats. Uh, I think we probably didn't do what we needed to because everybody thought Peyton was going to win it. But uh, just uh, just the presence that he has, uh, you know, to walk into the room and the first time I've seen him in several couple years and just go up there and share that, that memory together, uh, I'll never forget it. Uh, and uh, it's just uh, – it's kind of a special night for me because – I've always said on uh, every show that the two best players I ever coached were Keith Jackson and uh, Champ Bailey, and had a chance to spend some time with Keith last night too. So uh, I'm kind of a little giddy with uh, happiness <laughs> today, uh, just because uh, you feel like that you had some kind of uh, you know influence on their lives. Certainly, I can't take much credit for their ability and what they were able to do but they both believed in me and uh, had great careers not only college but in pro so uh, I can just tell you this when you walk in a room and a guy calls you coach nothing like it especially when there's about 35 hall of fame guys around there Steve Spurrier uh, you know all those guys are in there and champ comes running over me hey coach <laughs> that's pretty strong Looking at that photo, it looks like Champ could still get out there and uh, give you a couple quarters. Hey, I guarantee he could do it. Uh, we were reflecting last night that 127 plays he played against Auburn, 108 in the Peach Bowl against uh, Virginia. Just an uh, incredible athlete and an incredible uh, competitor, too. Had so much pride. I mean, one night he told me, hey, coach, come on over to Interim Girls. We're going to get after somebody. He scored 36. They're playing eight-minute quarters. Uh, just unreal player. That just boggles my mind. So, what was the ceremony like? Uh, what you what you eat out there? You're in Vegas. I know you you tear you tear up the uh, Sin City. So, what yeah, you well, do? first of all, the uh, uh, ceremony is you know they have all these national scholar athletes, which the first part of it is basically on the academics, and then the, that you eat, and then they have the the actual uh, in, induction for all the. You know, like, I think it's like 11 or 12 players and three coaches. And congratulations to Gary Pinkle from Missouri getting in. But oh, wow. they don't let all the, the, the guys talk. They just have these, uh, you know, 
two or three minutes on each one. But uh, Andrew Luck was representing the players, and he did a terrific job. Uh, just It's easy to see. You know, he went to Stanford. He's got a really good uh, delivery. But as far as eating, uh, I was fortunate enough to have Brian Gann, who's always been on a, a big part of helping me do a lot of things. But he and I went out there together. And so I took him over to Joe's Stone Crab for lunch on uh, Tuesday and his first venture into the Stone Crabs. But uh, I know people around here know what they're all about going down the last year to, uh, to the Orange Bowl. But if if you had a, one of those deals where you had your last meal, it had to be Stone Crab for me. It was unbelievable. I just And then uh, he couldn't make up his mind between turtle pie and key lime, so he had one of each. <laughs> so, that was good. And I, I, I sent you a picture of the key lime there. Yeah, we're not talking to you anymore. A, a lot of fans may not think that they know Bryant Gant, but they totally do because when you see Kirby interviewed after the game, in the background on the camera, usually there's Gant and Claude Felton off to the side. Yeah, that's Brian part of the entourage. Is really, Brian's really a security man for Georgia. I mean, uh, he, he does everything the day before the game with the team. Uh, does an unbelievable job. And, and talking about Claude, I just saw him tonight, uh, and uh, he was uh, getting ready to go to New York uh, for the – he just came back from the Peach Bowl where he was talking about the advanced stuff they had to do. Now he's going to New York for the Heisman, and then Monday he's got to go out there to, to uh, L.A. Uh, you know, one of the things the college football – playoff has is any of the four teams that are involved that even though they got the first game they make them go out there and get a, an advance on what to do if they make the next game so they don't have to hurry about it so two teams know they're going to be in one hotel two teams in the other you know the practice area and all that I think it's a good idea so we're sending a group of people out there on Monday you know uh, sports information equipment operations training all that stuff because it's a big venture making a trip like that. But, uh, yeah. but hey, uh, just uh, I know people are a lot more interested in the present dogs, but it's always good when you got a guy uh, in your wheelhouse that played in the same secondary as your head coach that, uh, that your head coach feels so strongly about. And just uh, he really helps us recruiting, uh, you know, walking around talking to kids, everything. I mean, 14 years in the NFL. I mean, if there's ever been a shutdown corner, that's him. Yep. Well, speaking of uh, the honor that uh, Champ Bailey has received, there's a lot of other guys in the Georgia program that are up for big honors. And we saw that uh, Todd Munkin was up for the Royals Award. He was a finalist. Um, Unbelievable. Be- I mean, you know, I'm on that committee and that's two years in a row we've lost uh, to the last guy. You know, last year we lost the landing loss to the guy from Michigan, and this year uh, he loses to the guy from uh, – and if you're basing it from TCU, if you're basing it on the last weekend, TCU was terrible. Uh, and I, I think they probably look at the whole year, and this guy's Lincoln Riley's brother and all. But uh, I, I'm really not very powerful on that committee because I sure stood up on the ledge for <laughs> as hard as I could and he, he certainly deserved it but everybody knows what his value is and certainly he's making about three times more than Lincoln Riley's brother uh, so I don't think he's worried about it too much. No, that's, that's true. Uh, 
Let's see the the Joe Moore Award, which is the award that goes to the best offensive line uh, unit as a group, is down to Georgia and Michigan. Michigan won it last year, even though Georgia's defensive line plowed right through them. And the uh, that was an embarrassment for the award. I mean, this team wins the best line in America, and they get knocked back the whole game. I don't know what the criteria is, and you know they. Some of these guys on these committees, they think pro football focus grades are out of kilter. They really don't know what all pro football focus. Let me tell you, those guys, the pros use them, the colleges use them. Uh, they're very creditable guys. They, they take a lot of pride in what they do. And I, I've always thought that anything that they stated factually had a pretty good uh, research on it. So, But, you know, I, I think there's some kind of – some kind of – deal about Georgia. Everybody just doesn't want them to win anything. So we just whipped their ass and win the championship. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what it, what it is. You know, people talking about that guy from uh, from Notre Dame winning the uh, you know, Mackey Award. I don't know if he's going to win it or not, but I mean, it, it shouldn't be any, any – well, if you just base it on half the game, which is about how much Brock gets the ball half the game, he'd win by running – by a long way, but uh, you're I jumping mean, ahead on me, coach. Because I was going to mention that uh, uh, Brock is a finalist for the Mackey Award. He did win it last year, but he may not win it again this year. Even to your point, uh, uh, you have uh, uh, Dumas Johnson up for the Buckus Award. Tons of uh, Stetson Bennett in the uh, for the Davey O'Brien Award. But the biggest news was while you were out there, you know, and yucking it up and having uh, your nice key lime pie that you didn't bring me any. Uh, Stetson Bennett announced as one of the four finalists for the Heisman Trophy. A lot of pushback on that. People complaining, national about him being in it. And I don't quite, I guess because maybe we're a little too close to it, but we see what he does each and every week. And talk about a guy who doesn't play a whole lot in the second half or heck. I mean, I think he's done. Yeah, I mean, stats are so, so, so He's had these passes that inside the five, like 13 of them, I think, where, you know, the guy got tackled. Uh, you know, stats are they, everybody around the country look at, it, but they, everybody should recognize the winning that he's done and what he contributes to our team with his mobility, avoiding sacks, the way he calls the plays at the line. He's a consummate college quarterback. And regardless of what happens here in the final voting, just to be picked as one of the top four, tremendous honor, uh, you know, he just won the Burlesworth Award for the uh, top walk-on in the country. And uh, anything he gets, he deserves. Uh, he's worked hard for it. And, uh, you know, I think we could argue back and forth from our standpoint. Certainly Hooker has got some things that he did well for Tennessee. And, uh, you know, the thing about it, though, uh, that, that game against uh, South Carolina just kind of, taints everything for Tennessee. I think, you know, they're not in the playoffs because of that, and he's probably not in the Heisman because we beat them 49 to seven. They lost 65 to whatever it was. I do think it's a weird year with some of these awards, because if you ask me who the best tight end in the country is, like I would say you probably can't look at the stat sheet and find that out, but that's because I've seen what Darnell Washington can do and how versatile he is. And I'm not saying that he's necessarily a better tight end than Brock Bowers, but I think he's a unicorn in the country. I don't think you can find another player in this country that does what Darnell Washington does. And I think that happens a lot with these kinds of awards and that happens all across the country. Yeah, that's a good point on Darnell. But I think there's a tendency because he's so big that everybody thinks he's so athletic and he can block so good on the perimeter and, you know, he catches the ball. But 
there's a lot of big guys that can block and a lot of big guys that can catch the ball. But uh, the fact that he doesn't play and get the recognition that some of these guys that play every down, you know, he comes out of the game uh, and so does Bowers uh, hurts him a little bit, but he'll have the last laugh when he gets drafted in the first round, which that's what's going to happen. I, I love it for him. Uh, I, I really, to me, the most fascinating thing this week, Coach, has been uh, – we'll, we'll talk about transfer portal here in a minute. But it's been the evolution of the criticism of uh, Stetson Bennett. Remember, he started out he, – he was a walk-on. Can't have a walk-on start at Georgia. Then he was too short. Remember when he couldn't pass over the offensive line? His, he had three or four passes knocked down against Alabama. He's too little. Then he can't win the big one because they lost Alabama. Then he won the title. Now the people are like, well, we never said he wasn't any good. Now he's he's good because he's 25 years old. <laughs> it's, it's, it's this last grasp of criticism. And I'm like, I, I just it's blown my mind all week long. I can't I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, we're just wasting people's time talking about that. I mean, hey, he's had you know, he's gonna go down as a, the big, biggest winner in the history of Georgia football. And uh he, he's been a big prime area for it and Kirby's making a lot of money off of him and these other guys, and he deserves it too. But uh, and talking about money, you know, I was out there, and uh, you know how it is when you're around coaches and you're talking and off the cuff and everything. The number one thing they're talking about is nil. I'm, I'm talking about that's why you watch this show here. You can listen to stuff that you wouldn't hear any. And this guy's talking about this kid, and I know the kid. I'm not going to say who he is, but I've seen him play. The kid wants eighty thousand dollars a month. He wants $80,000 a month, which is basically a million dollars a year in the transfer portal. And this guy is average as grits, maybe not even as good as grits. <laughs> and he's going to get close to that from somebody, but it's astronomical what it's, what's, out, what's out there now. I mean, it's just people have no idea. You could be sitting in McDonald's or Chick-fil-A, or Starbucks, and y'all be talking about recruiting. You know, hey, boy, I hope we get this guy. We got good recruiters. Hey, man, ladies, children, women, everybody, it's a. May lost coach there for a moment. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him back here in a second. But he, he's right. Uh, we've at uh, UGA Sports, we've been hit a few times with people going, uh, Oh, well, you said this kid was coming here, you know, or you predicted him here, or you had him in your final list, or you, you led us to believe this kid was coming to this school. And I'm like, well, the reason we told you that Georgia was in his final two or that Georgia was really close or that, you know, we expected him to come to Georgia is because that's what the kid said. That's what the coaches, you know, we've spoken to around the country have said. That's what his handler at his school, his recruiting guy has told us, you know, this is what his mom told us, Uh we had we had the uh, quotes on why he picked Georgia, you know, and then all of a sudden he goes to Texas A and M or some other school, and trust me, the same thing happens at Georgia where kids lined up to go to a different school, and all of a sudden, boom, he's you know comes to Georgia. Georgia gets that flip, or Georgia gets that commitment. So it's a it's a new world out there, you know. Look at Kirby Smart and Josh Brooks and the Athletic Association. They've tweeted out and talked about the Classic City Collective. Because you have to be able to go toe-to-toe with NIL money nowadays. I mean, you, you can't offer it to them directly, supposedly, but you at least tell them when they sit down with you, look, here's what all our guys have gotten. Uh, when you get here, that whole Classic City Collective, they're going to reach out to you, probably set something up with you. 
look, here's the average numbers. And that's what these kids want to see. So it doesn't matter how much a kid loves it, whether he's a legacy, whether he's been telling everybody he's coming. It's just like if you're bidding on eBay at the last second, you get your bid in higher than anybody else's. Roddy, I had also like $80,000 a month, by the way, just for the record here. You'd be lucky to get 80 bucks. That's, uh, and I heard this kid that just committed to Florida is, uh, I don't know if he's getting as much as Napier, but he's getting a lot. <laughs> is he a game changer coordinator now? I'm talking about quarterback. I know. I know. I'm just saying that Florida had that big old staff and they couldn't keep. I mean, like 20, it felt like 20 of their players went to the portal almost instantly this year. So that, again, they're going to have virtually a whole new roster. Yeah. I was talking to this other guy out there. He's talking to me about the Pac 12, Pac 12. I said, let me ask you something. Who won the Pac 12? He said, Utah. I said, do you know who the second worst team in the SEC East was? And he said, Vanderbilt? I said, no, Florida. They got beat by Vanderbilt. You know who they beat? Utah. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. I was getting on his ass hard. I said, don't tell me about the – about, you know, uh, it's just, well, we're going we're gonna to get going now. We got Dion, you know, coming in. Mm-hmm. Coach, do you know Kyle Whittingham? Because I am so impressed with his teams year after year, just with how hard they play this late into the season. Yeah, I've met Kyle before, and I've done a couple games for him on, on uh, bowl games when he was coaching at Utah. And uh, the first time I ever met him, he was defensive coordinator for Coach uh, Urban Meyer out at Utah the year that Urban left and went to Florida. And I did the uh, Utah uh, game against uh, at the end of the year against BYU. I never will forget it. Uh, I was doing some of that sideline work for ESPN.com. And Trev Alberts, who I saw last night, now the uh, AD at uh, Nebraska. Just dropping these names everywhere. Was, was, was you know, the guy at ESPN along with Mark May and everything. And, you know, those people out at uh, Utah, they're not supposed to drink or anything like that. But I went down the sideline, and I was getting ready to do this interview with Mike Tirico. And uh, – they started calling me Trev Alberts. These people were so drunk, they thought I was Trev Alberts. And uh, I, never I told Trev about that last night. It was, it was cool. But, but uh, I got I got a good chance to see firsthand. There was a lot of nice people out there at, uh, you know, in Salt Lake City. But that deal about them drinking, I don't know what happens on that. But that, either that or they were on something besides alcohol. They were on something heavy. Well, I'll tell you this, Coach. I went to Georgia Southern University for two years in Bullitt County at the time. I don't know what it is now, but at the time it was a dry county, and that didn't matter. Oh, yeah, that's good. But, hey, hey, you got to have a drink when you're at the game. Who cares what religious preferences are? You can have a drink. Uh, I love it. Hey, let's take a quick break and talk about our friends over at Athens Ford. Uh, speaking of getting a drink, every time I think about going out there and getting my uh, work done on my vehicle, I know that I'm going to have a good coffee. Or I got that uh, all the free drinks out there, the free snacks, the good Wi-Fi, the, the clean room to get everything. You know, I can take my laptop out there, great, uh, immaculately clean place, and I get everything done. But I, w- I want to mention right now is the fact that our friends at um, Athens Ford have the angel list they're doing. Now, this is basically for anybody who is uh, when you buy a vehicle out there, they are going to give up to a hundred bucks to the Toys for Tots, the uh, Salvation Army angel list. That basically is where they, and this is through December 15th, so you still got a week to go. Uh, they have a list of what these kids want in the Athens area. And uh, I actually 
Uh, we were through Classic City Eats. It was sponsored one of the families up there. This young kid wanted some uh, pair, a couple pairs of pants, a couple shirts to go with it, and some roller skates. So I'm out there looking for roller skates for this kid. This is exactly what the folks at Athens Ford are doing. They're doing this from every vehicle they sell during the holidays, it's again, through December 15th. So if you go buy a new or pre-owned vehicle out there, that's going to be another 100 bucks. Now, I've seen them do this with bicycles. And you walk into the showroom, and there's hundreds of bikes everywhere because they sell a lot of vehicles. So now they're doing this with specific lists for the kids. Uh, so the angel list, which uh, benefits the uh, Salvation Army and Toys for Tots, that's just one of the typical things that our friends at Athens Ford, they do stuff like that all the time. So uh, shout out to them. Go buy a vehicle and you'll make some kids Christmas very, very happy. And of course, you'll have a new car. So we would love that. I also want to mention our friends over at Dead Soxie. Okay. Dead Soxie is our, uh, they make premium socks. They take great care of us here at UGA Sports. They sponsor not only this show, but uh, uh, they do our weekly uh, predict the score contest. They send out these nice packets to them. Right now, they have 25% uh, uh, off and free shipping on all orders. Think about it. This is their busiest time of the year. It's Christmas. You need Christmas gifts. You want to get something for someone that they will actually enjoy, that they will appreciate, that they will like. These socks are incredibly uh, comfortable. They don't fall down. They have the True State technology. They're fantastic colors and designs and such. So check out our friends at Dead Soxy. You'll absolutely love it. Uh, use promo code HOLIDAY25 to get 25% off and free shipping. And here's the thing. When they come to you, uh, the packaging looks so good, you don't. You probably won't even have to wrap it. They, this is not like uh, socks in a plastic bag. They look fantastic. They go all out when they deliver them to you. They look sharp. So you can go straight to, hey, uh, gift's done. Make sure the receipt's not in there or something like that. Stick it on the tree with a bow on it. You're done. So hit them up when you have the chance. It looks like their lane train socks are still there. I was afraid they were going to have to get these in uh, orange and blue a few weeks ago. And <laughs> oh. they, they hung around. Uh, they they have they, the red and black ones are really really sharp. Yeah, I mean, I, I did hear this one uh, factoid out there that uh, uh, Hugh Freeze gave five hundred thousand to charity, and then he figured she didn't want it, so he gave it to Candy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you hear a lot when you're out in Vegas talking to those people. Hey, <laughs> did you on the on the boardwalk? You were in Vegas, I guess. Uh, Barry Odom was on his way, right? For UNLV. Is he in a job? Is he going to get that job? I think he got the job. Good lord! <laughs> I mean, I was, hey, yeah. before we get to these questions, give us some of your thoughts he on these coaches. Was out, he was out there last night, so uh, I saw yeah, him. Barry Odom got the UNLV job. Who else did you see? Hey, there's hope for everybody, man. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Kirby, go out there. Let me tell you one thing. Kirby is recruiting his ass off every day. I mean, 24-7, that guy. I mean, he's going to have to go – not that he has to, I mean, he's, he's going to go up to um, the Heisman, which he should. But, uh, you know, he's going he's gonna to try to get back, you know, for those recruits that are in here this weekend. Uh, just an inordinate amount of planning they do for these kids. Unbelievable, all the stuff that goes into a recruiting weekend. Just unbelievable. But uh, Barry Odom, ah. <laughs> the <laughs> Arkansas defense didn't impress you, yeah, Coach. Good break for uh, Coach uh, Pitt. I mean, they'll, they'll get a new D coordinator there. And I, I, Congratulations to Ben Souders. I read on the uh, – 
dog vent that Roddy told everybody about Ben Souders going to Arkansas, and they announced him today. Did you see that, Roddy? I, I, I didn't know that they announced it, but that was a big deal. I want to talk about the uh, strength and conditioning coaching tree. You got Aaron Feld. Um, uh, who's the guy that was at Baylor? Uh, Corey Campbell, I think. Uh, there's a lot of guys come out of the Georgia strength and conditioning program that are leading other strength and conditioning programs. And when you look at Georgia's players. The guy, the guy at Jackson State is, is going with uh, Coach uh, Prime. He, you know, he he was from here too. I'm saying Dion. Coach Prime, yeah. Hey, coach Prime is a yeah. coach to be his offensive coordinator. His strength coach. I don't know what his – I don't think his strength coach was Dion. No, I'm just asking, have you met Coach Prime before? Oh, yeah. I can be – I mean, I don't know if people want to hear stories, but I was coaching, I I was coaching Oklahoma in 86 or 7, whatever year Prime was just getting started, and – we were uh, we went down to watch basically we watched Florida State's defense, but all our coaches, you know, I used to coach at Tallahassee, so I wanted to go down there and uh, saw Coach Bowden and talked to him a little bit, you know, before practice. And he said, "Hey boys, we're gonna have a good practice today, but I want you to watch. We got this old boy coming out dead gummit. He gonna be in practice because he's running track and playing baseball too. But he might come out there and wear a pair of shoulder pads and some baseball pants or track pants." And, He's a really good player named Deion Sanders. <laughs> and uh, he came running out there just like he, he he does, you know, and he had on shoulder pads and a helmet. And he did went did a skeleton seven on seven and then ran off and was doing track. Just phenomenal player. Uh, Chuck Ward saw you talking about um, the drinking at ball games. He said, I took my 10-year-old son on a tour of the Jack Daniels distillery. We walked into the barrel house. He pulled on my pants leg and he whispered, Daddy, this smells like a college football game. <laughs> That's a good one, Chuck. I agree with him. He's right. <laughs> He's right. Good, good work, Chuck. That's a good, funny one. Hey, Coach, with the transfer portal i know you said nils with the coaches that you were around over the last day or two have been talking about but just with the around the country the volume of people entering the transfer portal i know just seeing from our guys that work on the site here and for rivals as a whole it feels like a whole nother recruiting cycle has just been jolted into here with the amount of players that can just be moving yeah, around. i mean it all gets down to roster management ever how you do it i mean losing Guys to the pros, losing guys to transfer, losing guys to graduation, injuries. And you got to monitor your squad. You know, you can only have 85 on the team at once. So uh, it, it takes a real good uh, philosophy of who you want to have, as evidenced by last year when we didn't take any transfers. But I think at this point, this year, with some of the injuries we've had at receiver and the guys we're leaving, I could see us taking a couple receivers, maybe a defensive back. And then after that, who knows? But uh, And then all of a sudden with the coaching changes around the country, you see decommitments like uh, Ruben Owens was, was committed to uh, Louisville. Louisville and now uh, says he's going to be up in the air. But, you know, we're still working hard on Haynes trying to flip him. I don't know how that would influence that situation. So uh, it's just uh, – Give and take here over the next couple of weeks. I mean, you just never know what's going to happen. But I wouldn't think there's going to be anybody on our team that leaves that would make that much difference uh, before the bowl game. After that, there might be somebody that starts looking at it. But there's too many of these guys vested in our program to keep they, – they're going to keep playing here through uh, 
the, these next two games, hopefully two games. Satterfield. Hey, I would say to you in case somebody's got to watch uh, some other station tonight here at eight o'clock. I'm encouraged about playing Ohio State. I don't care what everybody says about their passing game, about everything else, but their quarterback's not a mobile quarterback. He's not a guy that really threatens you to run the ball. He can certainly throw it, and they can run it with their backs and their receivers. But when you got Kirby Smart or Schumann or Muschamp, when they can play man underneath with two deep safeties or they can play some kind of combination man where they can play these underneath routes and not worry about the quarterback running, which we were very much worried at that first half the other day, and it really influenced our linebacker play, which we don't have the kind of linebacker coverage guys like we had last year in Tyndall and Dean and, and uh, Quay Walker, all three playing pro ball. Our guys are more run stoppers, and they worked on our intermediate zone drops. We They really worked hard on us, and when we were playing zone behind that, Malachi had a couple really bad breaks, one on the half coverage and then the one in the end zone where they scramble. He's got deep middle, and he came running up. It looked like Keeley was beat, but Keeley's playing deep third on the one and playing half on the other. So, uh, you know, the average fan thinks it's Ringo, but uh, he, he, he certainly got beat some. But but uh, I can just tell you right now, I sleep, and Kirby probably get on my – I sleep pretty good knowing we're playing Ohio State myself. Well, I can see why a lot of folks would have fears, though, when you see what Stroud does and you see those wide receivers. They had 2,000-yard receivers. And then you go back to last year when Georgia struggled against uh, Alabama with a couple good receivers. You could see that kind of nervousness. I had it. The team I didn't want to face last year was well, like – was you're right, you're right, but Bryce, Bryce, Young, Bryce Young killed us running. He got touchdowns running. This guy doesn't run. And yeah. uh, we rushed the pass. You saw how we rushed a hooker? Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But the but the biggest reason I sleep like a baby is looking at their defense. They built, built their whole defense around pressure. The guy was at Oklahoma State, one of my favorite schools. And, uh, <laughs> and I know that uh, he got torched by the pass out there. And uh, he got killed by so much pressure defense. And uh, he did the same thing against Michigan, four plays over 60 yards in that game. So, uh, you, you know, that's the one good thing that Kirby says to our whole team, regardless of which what the matchups are, our 44, 55 men that are playing against theirs, I like it. You know, but somebody's got to take up the slack in one, one of the areas. Uh, Ohio State doesn't play a lot of starters on their special teams. They play a lot of second, third. I think we got a big edge there. Uh, so – uh, we'll see how it goes, but uh, I usually got a pretty good feel for these games. I'm not predicting that it's going to be anything easy, but I mean, I'm I'm not ready to be the prophet of doom like uh, my man Roddy is because, of, because oh, I've got all sorts of things to worry about before we get to worrying. We did give up some yardage to, to uh, LSU for sure. Only 500 yards. It's not much. But, uh, but as people that watch our podcast, if you watched every show this year. I told you that our defense was not that good on normal down and distance. We're yeah. better when we know what the other team's doing, which most teams are, but we played to our strength all year, playing from ahead, playing ahead of the sticks, and, and you know, uh, particularly against Tennessee. Uh, so, uh, give LSU credit, but uh, 
uh, I've never seen a play turn the game around like that blocked field goal, which we predicted on the watch along show because we scouted them that they'd had trouble. But the reason he picked the ball up, you know, we talk to our players all the time, every coach, if the ball goes across the line of scrimmage, let it go. There's nothing to be advantaged there. You might pick it up and fumble and they get the ball. But if it's obvious that you've got a clear path, then maybe you take it and go. And Chris saw that. And, hey, to all the officials, you can look at the all 22 copy. None of them had their whistle up to the mouth. I mean, they were, nobody was blowing it dead. And, uh, man, you go from three down to seven up in a New York minute. That was big. And, Coach, I was particularly impressed with Smile Munden and his alertness on that play because he looks Christopher Smith in the eye and he's waving off saying, don't touch it, don't touch it. And you almost see his hand drop to say, all right, go. Like Almost as if he's still signal calling out there as that inside linebacker. Is that what he did? I said almost. It just appeared it looked that way. Well, now, how now Chris Smith actually said, you know, one of the uh, uh, award that he was up for recently, he, they were asking him about that. He was on stage and he said – I was hovering over it, you know, and everybody was yelling for me to get away. And then I looked at the ref and the ref's like, you know, I haven't, I haven't done anything. So the ref's like looking at the ball waiting for, cause he has to blow it dead, but somebody's got to down it. He, the ref does live ball. Uh, Chris Smith made eye contact with him. It was like, the guy's like, <laughs> I can't tell you what to do, but you know, same blowing a whistle. So he picks it up and takes it to the house. You know, they said that the uh, rule there is you have to be able to score, which I thought was funny. Uh, hey, uh, that was like that coach one time that was, you know, telling the secondary coach said, uh, tell him to get back. And he said, we can't get back. Coach. We can't be. He said, tell him to get back. He said, coach, we got to, we got to play him. He said, I said to tell him, get back. or you, or you're fired? Get back, get back. <laughs> <laughs> run it, run it. Yes, run it. I thought that monkey up there was giving him that like that, and then he started, yeah, yeah, right around with it. But you're right, because you were telling us about the Peter, Peter, Peter call means don't touch it. If you watch the tape, you can see if you read lips, he's screaming Peter, 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 as if they could hear him on the field. I love it. Well, hey, you've, seen some play, you've seen some plays this year where we picked up, or over the last couple of years, where we picked up a ball carelessly and then it ends up being a fumble. Yeah. Um, so that's just, you know, it's so good to get the ball. You really got to be careful. But so what's next here? Uh, well, I got to brag on you, coach, because some of our audience on this may not have seen the watch along show that we did on Saturday. And you had one of the craziest prediction calls come to life that I've ever seen before. This return happens. Christopher Smith goes all the way down the field and coach Donnan turns and he says, one of the Georgia players is about to have a cramp. <laughs> And sure enough, on the kickoff, there goes Cass Jones falling to the ground. Concern Ron Corson runs out to check on him, and thank God he was all right. He got He'd been up. so busy up to that point. Uh, and then sure enough, like that next you called the block kick too. But, but then LSU scores very quickly. You could see Christopher Smith like still wasn't going full speed because he just run ninety five yards. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the point is, it's nothing wrong with it. I mean every coach has got guys that. You want to give your team in a turnover situation. You want to give your team a little blow there, and you know you're going to get a TV timeout, get two or three extra minutes. So uh, it's not exactly faking the injury, but it's not exactly. But you know, it's smart. I mean, everybody does it. So Stetson said it was hot in the dome or in the in the stadium. So it was. yeah, you get one, you pull a hammy. Got to be careful. Got to get looked at. You need to watch the watch long. You find out some stuff once more. <laughs> 
Hey, something else you need to do is reach out to our friends at uh, your pie. Uh, it's uh, Wednesday. So we've kind of missed the, the double points Tuesday, but they still have a great deal going on now where um, uh, you use the app and, you know, you order your pizzas and such. Uh, you get points for it and that gets you free breadsticks, free gelato, free drinks, you know, free pizzas, free salads, all sorts of things like that. Uh, check out that uh, barbecue chicken bacon ranch. That is a heck of a pizza. I don't know if you've ever had it before, but it is really, really good with the barbecue sauce, mozzarella, the red onion, cilantro, uh, chicken, bacon, you know, serve the ranch on it or on the side up to you. Uh, the hot honey pepperoni, that was one of their specialties. They put that into the rotation and get it all the time. Uh, the buffalo chicken, my favorite, just saying. Uh, and of course, they, you know, they have the custom pastas and then the custom salads and you don't have to pay each time you add something onto it, each topping. There are a lot of really good uh, places out there where you go and you get the pizza. And then if you want three toppings, you know, each one's a dollar fifty, two, two fifty a pop. And all of a sudden you've doubled the cost of your pizza. That's not going to happen at Europe So hit up your pie when you get a chance. Drew and Natalie French are gigantic Georgia fans, Georgia alums, uh, I can tell you for a fact that they take great pride in serving the Athens community and the other 70 communities that they're, they're in. Also mentioned our friends over at, um, oh, sorry, I hit that. Stop it. We're both clicking. Stop it. I mentioned our friends over at My Perfect Franchise. Uh, My Perfect Franchises is Andy Ludecki. Uh, he has about 3,000 different franchises he can help get you into, whether it be, and you see the different categories here, there's the home-based franchise. There's the non-home-based franchise. There's the uh, uh, service with heavy outbound sales. There's light retail, you know, uh, large retail. So he's got all these different things set up. But I want to tell you about one of the people working with him, okay? Brandon Beachy. How many of you are uh, Braves fans? You remember Brandon Beachy as a, you know, pitcher in the major leagues. So uh, was also with the Los Angeles Dodgers, but who cares about them? So Brandon Beachy is working with Andy Ludecki at My Perfect Franchise. So you can call up Andy, you can call up uh, Brandon, and they will help you get the franchise you want. Now, we are going to have Brandon come on to the dog vent and answer your questions. So uh, we're gonna do, we'll do a Q&A with him where he can, you can ask him all these Braves questions. You can get his uh, thoughts and stuff like that. So reach out uh, to My Perfect Franchise, you know, myperfectfranchise.net, and you can either choose to talk to Andy, who's been doing it a long time, or Brandon, who's obviously a smart guy and can uh, help you with that. So either one of them, hit them up when you get a chance. So three coaching things around the country that I wanted to point out that have caught my attention as we mentioned the portal, but these coaching shifts happen too. One, I don't know if there's anything crazier than Scott Satterfield leaving Louisville, going to Cincinnati, and then they're playing each other in the bowl game. And on top of that, that bowl game is at Fenway Park, and the two teams are sharing a sideline. Yeah, that's why they do that game there, and that, that, that game they, they both get – they did that out in California. You know, Scott Satterfield's a good coach. I mean, did a good job at Appalachian and, uh, you know, okay at Louisville. I mean, he had some injuries and all, but – you know, deep down, they've been wanting Jeff Brom to come back ever since Howard Snellenberger left. And uh, he's, a, he's a favorite son of Louisville, played in high school ball there and played college. And he's a, he's a really good offensive coach. So I think it'll be win-win for Louisville and uh, Cincinnati. I mean, they lose a good coach there in Luke Fickle, who's done a great job and uh, going over there to Wisconsin. And so are you bringing in uh, Phil Longo from North Carolina? who uh, has got a great reputation, uh, uh, offensive coach, but uh, never seems to do it in the big games. He always gets a lot of stats against 
you know, other people, but in big games, they like the last three games this year, their red zone offense was really bad. The second thing that caught my attention today, so Kenny Dillingham, who was the offensive coordinator under Dan Lanning at Oregon, he left to go to Arizona State to be the head coach. Lanning replaced him with the new offensive coordinator. Dillingham's only 32 years old, replaced him with Will – what's his last Will name? Will Stein. Will Stein from UTSA. He's 33 years old, and he was coaching in high school like three years ago in Texas. Yeah, I mean, they've done a terrific job at UTSA. That guy came in there from uh, – Arkansas after coaching with Morris and has done it. It had really good quarterback. I mean, that guy is spectacular the way he can run the ball and throw it. And uh, I think that's what uh, Dan's looking for, you know, that kind of offensive production. And, you know, Dan's only 36, so he's not worried about age. So uh, uh, that's a good move. I mean, Willie Stein making it out there to be the offensive coordinator. And the last thing, this is more of just a recruiting deal, but it's always fun when you get kind of a, a blast from the past here. And Jake Gaines, uh, former Georgia linebacker, head coach at Moody High School in Alabama, had Sam Pittman over to look at some potential recruits out that way. So Jake Gaines doing some big stuff in Alabama, and he's a good coach. Yeah, Jake was a big transfer for us, came in from UAB, actually covered him at UAB when he was playing over there, and then uh, – so we came in here and played for Coach Rick and uh, doing a good job coaching. And it's always good when you see uh, your ex-players doing well. And uh, I'm sure Sam was glad to talk to him. JT Wall just won a state title, right? Hmm? JT Wall just won a state title, didn't he? And John Millage? Yeah, I think he's got some record for the most number of wins at the school he's at. So, I, But uh, I'm just always worthy of shouting. i saying there's a lot of these guys. I mean, Mark Dees down in Florida is coaching. There's uh, – you know, of course, uh, uh, Edwards. Uh, uh, Robert Edwards over there at uh, Sandersville now, Washington County. Yeah, so it's a lot of those guys out there. Hey, uh, let's get into a few questions. I know we got a bunch That's of more coaching at New League. He's on TV tonight. Uh, he's going to be a head coach of whatever team. I'm not sure what, where the, they're located, but he's the head coach. You send him a player too. No, I won't send him anything. He, he knows what he's doing. Uh, I'm trying to see where he's the head coach at now. Uh, he's currently the head coach of the San Antonio Brahmas. That's no bull. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go. Uh, see, puns are great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, from Dog418, who will get reps at tackle next year besides Mims and Green? Oh, there'll be a lot of guys. We got some freshmen coming in uh, and – you know, we got some other guys that'll move around. I think we could see if Trust comes back. I think he certainly could come back. I think he could be a tackle. He started against Cincinnati, uh, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that all flips around. But uh, I feel good about our O line next year. It'd be nice if Van Pran stayed uh, for another year, but if he doesn't, we'll uh, we'll just have to work. You know, you got Blasky. You got a lot of guys that can play tackle. From NBA Timber Dog. Can Coach diagnose the past defense issues from Saturday and share what actions you take as a coach to mitigate those going forward? Well, earlier in the show I talked about we played a lot of zone coverage, which is not normal for Georgia, but some of that's basically on the fact that we worried about the quarterback runs. Uh, the guy had over 1,000 yards rushing going into the game. Now he lost some yards, which took away from it. So you got to be mindful of that. So uh, once you play man coverage, he breaks a line, he can really hurt you. So – we're not a real good zone read, uh, reading the route 
type linebackers underneath. Uh, you know, they worked up with their slot guy between the star and the linebacker, you know, working in that area and then throwing the in-breaking routes, which we call a six route or a square in. They hit several of those where they just read the linebacker, you know, high-low with the back or tight end with the square in behind it. And the corners are playing zone. So I think it's a combination of route recognition by our linebackers, uh, being worried about the run by the quarterback, and uh, just some poor zone drops by our linebackers and some poor zone coverage by our safeties re- really hurt us. But uh, as I mentioned before, we're a man team that likes to play man free, too deep man under, man matchup. Uh, so we'll see a lot more of that against the the uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I got to see Jim Tressel last night uh, talking about the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. He's the, the uh, now he's the president of Youngstown State, and uh, nice guy. We used to have some good matchups there at Youngstown and Marshall, and then he did a great job at Ohio State. Patrick Garvin pulled the great video of Georgia versus Ohio State, the only time they've played in 1993, and none other than Kirk Herbstreet out there with the Buckeyes. Yeah, Kirk was, was rolling over there, and Robert Smith, a guy I used to do some stuff with on uh, ESPN, was playing running back for him. So, uh, but that's a long time ago, that's for sure. From Farmer Dog, I'm aware that Jalen Carter is an alien, but since his return, I haven't heard anything about Bear Alexander and how he's progressing. Also, do you think that Dan Jackson's football IQ would have helped on Saturday? Well, first of all, anything you say about Jalen Carter, you can say it and be truthful, even if you make it up. I mean, the guy can do anything. Uh, <laughs> he's just, uh, I mean, he's just a man child. I mean, just uh, has always been that. He was among the best players in the country last year on our team, but didn't get the, near the the uh, readout because he had those other guys, but uh, and you just see just the significance of his movement at the line of scrimmage where, you know, he'll line up and go underneath a block and made the tackle on that short yardage, which was huge because they were threatening to score again. And just uh, the worry wart part of a, of an offensive lineman having to watch tape on him and knowing you're going to have to block him. Uh, and, you know, the other team trying to figure out how to, take care of him is certainly a big factor. As far as Bear, I think Bear's making some really good progress. I watched him out there several times when I was over there, uh, particularly in, in, when uh, you know getting ready for Tech. And uh, got good hand placement by that. You know, you got power and you got takeoff, but you got to use your hands appropriately as far as getting around people, swim moves, punching. Uh, he's, he's got a good one-two punch, and he's got good uh, – He's really profiting from a plan for Coach Trey Scott technique-wise. He was kind of just like a young cub, and now he's developing into a bear because he never played much, uh, you know, in this level as far as competition. But got good quickness, size, speed, going to be a real player for us. But the guy who's playing lights out, Stackhouse, just uh, unbelievable the way he contributes with his quickness and uh, you know, he takes advantage of not being double teamed like a lot of guys inside are because of uh, Carter. And, boy, he is really doing good. And, of course, Walt Howard's stepping in and doing some things. We, everybody's got a role on that defensive front. And uh, can't say enough about them. They just play good as a unit. 
I do want to mention that on the watch along, Coach said the one guy we're not talking about enough is Nazir Stackhouse, and like 30 seconds later, he made a big play. <laughs> I was like, well, you knew he was in his own. It's based on watching the tape and watching what he does. I mean, you know, a lot of times people don't make uh, a lot of hoopla about somebody because they're not making 95 tackles behind the line and all, but he takes on blockers and is disruptive and makes people redirect with their running game as far as backs changing their lanes and stuff because of his penetration. And uh, it's a very disruptive player I'm, and uh, very fast, I mean. That's also a great interview when he's going to do really well if they let him go to SEC media days. You need to follow him on TikTok. He's actually quite okay. that, that doesn't hurt either. While we're talking about defensive linemen, I guess we should mention Georgia's only player at the moment in the transfer portal is Bill Norton. Uh, Roddy, you put that in your 3-2-1 report on Friday, so UGA Sports subscribers knew about it a few days ago that, that was likely happening. But uh, Bill Norton, reserve defensive lineman, and there will be more people leaving from Georgia. I think we all know that. Uh, but that's the first so far. Yeah, Bill's done a good job here. I mean, he's a good team player. He's, he's been good on the scout team and been very solid. Uh, I think uh, I could see him going somewhere else. All right. I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm not only could see him going somewhere else. I mean, by that, I mean somewhere where he's got some familiarity uh, in our uh, – And he'll play in the SEC. I mean, he's, he's good. He just – it's tough when you got Nazir and Tramel and Jalen Carter ahead of you. So I see it. I love this question from UGA Farm Dogs. Is every year we see some younger players take advantage of the extra practices in December and then make an impact in the bowl game? Who will that be this season? Good point. Uh, you know, we we talked about a, a largey uh, uh, a couple years ago. I think Roddy talked about him down at the uh, when we played Texas and. Every year there's guys that step up. I mean, I, I could see, uh, for instance, uh, maybe uh, Bell continuing to develop. You know, he caught a touchdown pass the other day. He, he's made terrific progress, and he's taking advantage of A.D. Mitchell being out. Uh, he would be one. Maybe Delp continue to develop, you know, and get a lot of reps. Uh, as far as uh, secondary, would... secondary, I could see Everett being a guy that, Stole my guy. <laughs> well, the one that I had in my brain, because we're seeing him a little bit more each week in some different ways, is Jalen Walker. He's getting in there, but he just got to start making plays and not just be on the field. I mean, he's got to start getting some production, but he, he's definitely got a lot ahead of him. He's a good player. I was going to try to transition. I couldn't decide if I wanted to do it to Academia Brewing or Prime Shrimp, so I'll let the professional transitioner do it. Well, if you're looking to make an improvement, you know, step up, step up your game a little bit there. You want to step up your game and head over to our friends at Academic Brewing Company because they are prize winners and they are uh, a fantastic place to go watch, you know, watch the game when you get a chance. They've done a lot of fun stuff with the World Cup. So if you're into uh, soccer, not football, soccer, uh, check out our friends over there because they have the TVs going all the time. They always have new beers going out. Now they have the uh, Imperial O Negative beer. They also have interesting tastes and uh, names, but this is a uh, raspberry, blackberry, blueberry, lactose, and Madagascar vanilla beans, uh, heavy-handed featuring that sort of thing. It's just uh, there's a lot to it. That's a very complicated beer, but I can tell you it's uh, 
It looks fantastic. I haven't tried that one yet. They were in the Watkinsville Parade. You can see their fantastic bus. This is the same bus that they've had over at the um, uh, uh, Royal Pheasant. They because you know they they have taps inside that bus where they pour beer. So they parked that bus over the Royal uh, uh, Pheasant, and they were dropping you know taking care of the people there with their fantastic beers. They're going to have a Christmas trivia on uh, Thursday, December 22nd. You need to check that out. There'll be That's going to be a fun event. And the point being, they always have something neat going on. Uh, and, hey, if you've got somebody in your family, you don't know what to get them, swing by and grab a bunch of their different types of beer. Uh, they've got an entire cooler full of it. So check out Academia Brewing Company when you get the chance. That parade looked really think, cool. Uh, Academia okay. is the food. I mean, you can take any type of person that you want to, and they can find something they want there. I mean, my family's hard to please, but I guarantee you, every time I take them there, they come out of there. Hey, everybody, I'm, I'm talking about you got grandchildren, you got kids, everybody, but they got anything you want, and it's all good. I'm, I mean, uh, a bunch of new I'm stuff. So. I'm fired up about it. About, I'm not much on the beer part, but I, I am on the groceries. <laughs> well, that parade looked really cool. You know where they have cool parades, Roddy, is New Orleans. And yeah, I know it, what you like in New Orleans, but you can get it at home in Athens. Yeah, you, got the, you got the Christmas trivia, which we'll give you one. You know why Santa Claus had a garden? Oh, Freaking ho, ho, ho. Oh, God. That's three puns, Roddy. You're going to have to find them. You're not allowed to go to Vegas anymore. We're going to nip that in the bud. Hey, our friends over at <laughs> Prime Shrimp, they have a new flavor out, okay? Uh, one of my favorite meals of all times was at a place called Rita's in uh, the French Quarter, and I had the first time I'd ever had barbe- New Orleans barbecue shrimp. It is fantastic. Now, they, this is a Prime Shrimp, they are in New Orleans. They basically make shrimp. It comes in a boil-in bag. You, it's shipped to you frozen. You take it out, you drop it in boiling water, you wait four or five minutes, or you flip it over, take it out, cut it open, pour it right under your pasta, your uh, your, your tacos, uh, whatever, however you want it. Now, you want shrimp and grits, you got that. But they have a new flavor. They just introduced it this week, the barbecue shrimp, the New Orleans true barbecue shrimp. Try that. You're going to love it. Uh, I've got some of it coming to my house right now. I saw the tracking order. It should be here tomorrow. Hope to have it before the show, but uh, check them out when you get a chance. Uh, go to the website, $15 off your first order. Most of these packets, and there's two certain, you know, two bags in each one, or anywhere from 17 to 20 bucks. So get $15 off your first one, but basically buy one, get one almost free. So hit up Prime Shrimp when you get the chance. You will love it. This question from Tech one Pop, Jamon Dumas Johnson, has seemed a little lost in the last few games. Do you think that he has lost any confidence? And what can Georgia do to get that fixed before the playoffs? Well, he's a run stopper type guy. I mean, and, and that's his forte. And uh, I don't think he's lost any confidence. He just uh, never been that confident covering the pass. It's hard to be a multifaceted linebacker in today's football. But uh, this is his first year really playing every down. So he'll get better at it. And uh, I think. In all fairness to him, he's had a heck of a year. I mean, you just can't base it all on, uh, you know, some of the play action that were, was hit by both Tech and uh, certainly what what they were able to do at LSU. But uh, Munden can really cover pretty well. I mean, that's he, he's very athletic and uh, and tackles pretty well in space. But uh, you know, you can't have can't beat everything in every position. 
just looking ahead, I'm I'm going to be so curious to where Darius Smith fits into this defense next year and beyond because just his measurables are so special. Let me tell you something. I can just go out on a limb there. Now, that guy can flat out run to be as big as he is, and you don't even – he looks like he weighs about 160, but he's about 230, and he's going to be too big. He's a Jalen Walker type athlete. And uh, just had a couple little setbacks injury-wise. Got a really good attitude, good kid. Yes, sir. No, sir. Uh, he's a star in the making. I mean, really good player. Going to be really good. We got so many good young guys. Scary, very scary, some of these guys. So you hear that, Roddy? You heard it from Dane first. Hmm? Dane is the general manager. You heard it. You heard it from Dane first. Hey, are you, Dane was on out. Are you up for he the, was on big high on Darius Smith. Wow. Are you, up for, the, high are you up for the Titans general manager, Doc? Well, they haven't called me yet. That's all I can tell you. That doesn't yeah. mean I'm not, but I haven't gotten the call I figured yet. figured you'd be the first on their list. Yeah, I thought so, too. It's a sad day. I'll call Jimmy Sexton, see if he can help me out. He hey. could now. Jimmy <laughs> can help you. Power broker. Uh, this question from Mikey P. 1983. The consensus seems to be that the biggest threat that Ohio State poses is the explosive plays in the passing game. Do you agree with that, or do you think that there's something else that they do that Georgia should be more concerned about? I just think their overall talent level is very similar to ours. Probably as much talent as we played this year. I don't think we played anybody this year that even compares to us talent-wise. Uh, I think they – They've recruited on a level. You look at their recruiting rankings. Uh, they And, the, you know, the one back has been heard. If he can come back, I was glad to see the one receiver has decided to go pro, uh, the one that caught 16 passes in the Rose Bowl last year. Uh, but they they certainly pose a threat. I mean, any, anybody in these last four, I mean, uh, you know, are all capable of uh, – the other three are capable. They, they've had great years, but uh, – just overall skill level, talent-wise, I think the best team we've played as far as just one through 44. Do they have, what, what sort of running game does Ohio State have? They got that one back. It's stronger than A. Mary's breath now. I mean, that sucker is good now. I mean, I can't even think of his name because he hadn't played much, but he'll be ready for us probably. But, uh, Rob, and, you know, it's Robbins or something like that. I'm not sure. Robinson played. You talking about Travion Henderson? Travion Henderson, that's him. Uh, that, that's a routine name, Travion. That's good. You know, we had a guy We had a guy that went to my high school. His name was Lonnie Ron. You know, this guy, Tra- Travion. We had a guy named Lonnie Ron Muscow, and he had a brother named Hayron Muscow. So he had Lonnie Ron and Hayron. They were two of the great ones. They both were really good at setting up the duck pins on the uh, bowling. They can put them up there faster than anybody. They got more tips than anybody at the Y. <laughs> I'll say this about Ohio State, though. Stroud only has six interceptions on the year, and they do throw a lot. And so they, they don't turn it over a ton. And he's, you, you, he's you don't have to faster. You don't have to look past the SEC champions. LSU played with Georgia much better than that score indicated because you had the special teams touchdown and then you had the interception into into LSU territory. And I, I was really impressed with what LSU did with inferior talent. And losing their quarterback. Yeah, that yeah, but, but also, you know, we we basically had only three two two quarters of offense. I mean, 
second and third. We didn't do anything the first quarter. We didn't have the ball and in the fourth quarter. We were in a sit-on-it mode. So, we scored 50 points in two quarters. Come on. Well, I guess I'm saying, like, for it to be at the end of the first quarter with that inferior talent, to me, that's some pretty good coaching that you're able to bleed the clock that way. Oh, yeah, they did a good job coaching, no question about it. And I just think LSU in the future is going to continue to be a force in the SEC. If they can fix they something. Be. They should be with, with all the with all they got down there. And, uh, you know, every year, I mean, you're the, the school in the state. They got a lot of resources. I had wondered if Cedric Van Pran kind of, you know, when you play the the team that you grew up closest to, you kind of put a little more into it. And he had such a good game for Georgia in that SEC championship. Player. He's a player. Uh, that's all the questions from UGASports.com. This really? Week, Roddy. It that's is. Cool. We have some from YouTube we can get to. Hit the YouTube ones real quick. Let's run through some of those. Scroll back up and pick up a few. Let's see. I thought you would filibuster why I did that. We've talked oh, about no, the past I'll, defense. I will mention that, uh, folks, uh, you need to tune in. Normally we have the show on Tuesdays uh, at noon, so we really appreciate everybody jumping in on 7.30 on a Wednesday. But, My bad. It was all me. No. Then Bane couldn't be here either, and I need to. I had to run to uh, Conyers, uh, so it worked out well. So we appreciate the evening crew joining us. A uh, question from Andrew: Thoughts on Chaz Chambliss as he stepped in for Nolan Smith, and I agree, he probably had his best game this year. He's continued to improve. I mean, he was a spot player, and then we called on to play more. And some of the plays, you know, some of the defenses that we call, he's not as good as he is in others. But uh, he's a solid guy. He works hard in the weight room. He plays as good as he can play on every snap. I mean, you, you can't have enough guys like him on your team. He killed that right tackle to get that sack. Just he did. He did uh, a good Ca- Captain Guy Bob wants to know, does Georgia use any outside recruiting services as well as the in-house team? That's a pretty good question. Yeah, I think what we do is use more of these services for younger guys, you know, to save the time that, it, uh, you know, time that, that, the, that guys like Matt Godwin all this. So you get a list from these people, and then you give them to your uh, volunteer kids that break the film down. You know, we got about 15 guys over there that are students that watch tape. And uh, so we use some of that, but we don't really use it uh, like it's it's that big a deal. But uh, our number one recruiting service is Kirby Smart. I mean, the guy makes a decision on the players, and he goes and gets them. Uh, Coach, I, I wanted to ask you, because we mentioned that Georgia in the portal may be looking for receiver for some depth, Thomas from Mississippi State being one that Georgia has offered. But for two weeks in a row, Mike Leach this season just really dogged his receivers and said that they weren't playing well, they weren't physical enough, they weren't the kind of players you want to be receivers in a Mike Leach offense. Why would that translate over to Georgia? I mean, you just analyze what a guy is and how he can fit in your your team. Uh, and I don't think the attitude is – but I do know that uh, whoever can give that guy, Thomas, a chair will probably get him. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. They're going after Rod Rod Thomas. They're also going after Cephas, the guy that's at Kent State. Uh, Todd Monk is yeah. going to go see him. Uh, or has either already seen him today or was supposed to see him today. Certainly uh, looking at, at several receivers. I, you don't know that they'd take the guy, but they, uh, he, he, did good, he did a good job against us and I think that's something that really uh, is saying here is you've had a chance to study so much more tape on guys that you played you know mm-hmm. you've got the uh, all the tape that you saw on him prior to the game or scouting report and we go in 
uh, infinite de de detail on each kid, you know, all the stuff we talk about. So you got a little bit of a jump start on both those guys because you played against them. And that was uh, something Kirby Smart was asked uh, during the press conference with Coach Day. There were a lot of portal questions that particular day. And he mentioned, you know, some of the guys going the portal, the guys that we're looking for, ideally we have a previous relationship with them, i.e. they've been to our camp. You know, we've worked them out. We've right. seen them. we recruited them. Uh, right. we, we know a little bit about their character. Some guys going into the portal are going into it because they're not good people. You know, I don't want to rip on them, but they just they weren't a good fit. You got to be um, careful about taking those guys, and you got to be careful too about guys with high school reputations that were five star, four star, and all of a sudden they're in a portal. And it might be because you reevaluate them, and they're not as good as you, you thought they were in high school once they've started playing in college. So, absolutely, uh, there's and some guys out there. Out there. They're, they're going after Rara. They're going after the Cephas kid. They, they scout him. They knew that he was a danger to their, to their team. And so they're, that's another, like you said, familiarity with them. And to get back to uh, Captain's question, the Joe Winden over at National Preps does exactly what Coach was talking about. They go and see kids, you know, 8th, ninth, 10th grade, and they give George a list of here's a guy that's got the height that you want, the weight that you want, the speed. You know, he's, he's a looker. And then Georgia will get them into camp and stuff like that. So they do use uh, recruiting services basically to identify, but not to evaluate them. So they'll do all the evaluations themselves. But, um, and, you know, hey, trust, they use the rival stuff all the time. They, you know, they look for our heights and weights. When we have the kids come to camp, they look at all the film we put out, you know, basically trying to find somebody. But they won't use our rankings or our evaluations at all, but they will definitely use our, uh, our, our, the the tape we give them when we had our camps. They love the tape. You go back to the COVID year, we, we talked about that's an anomaly because you didn't have the kids in camp. Mm -hmm. You had to base pretty much everything on evaluation. A lot of them couldn't even make official visits, so you couldn't get the eyeball test on them. So there was a lot of mistakes that year by everybody just yes. because you, you did so much easier if you have a guy in camp. I mean, I love camp. I like going over and watching them. It fires me up just see those kids and, and uh, you know, you know about their reputation and then you look at them and you say, man, this guy can really play. Like I remember when I went over there and watched Brock Vandergriff when he's like 10th grade and I was fired up same way about Caleb Williams. I mean, quarterbacks, I'd love to see those guys look like that. Roddy, you had mentioned Kent State. And I want to sneak this in here before we go, because the most stunning coaching move of this off season was like, just now offseason, I guess, of the last week. Sean Lewis from Kent State leaving, the head coach at Kent State, who did a really good job with that team against Georgia, leaving to be offensive coordinator at Colorado. Coach, that shocked me. Well, I mean, it shocks you because he was a head coach, but also he's only making about 400000 there. He can make a million at uh, Colorado probably. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure Coach Prime will do a good job there. But, uh, boy, they – their talent level is really low, and uh, they, they got can't a long, do much worse. They got a long way to go. I mean, they're one eleven this year. Uh, very low team. And nowhere to go but up. Basically, the theme of this show. All right, folks, appreciate everybody tuning in. We will be back next uh, Tuesday at noon. Be sure to join us there on this same uh, Facebook uh, page or YouTube channel. Please hit subscribe if you would. We greatly appreciate it. We finally hit 32,000 subscribers. So now we want 35. That's, we're, we're, never, we're never satisfied. So we really appreciate you guys tuning in. 
Uh, quick shout out to our sponsors, uh, Athens Forward, Europe Academia Brewing Company, Dead Soxy, Prime Shrimp, and My Perfect Franchise. Uh, we appreciate them sponsoring our show all year long. It means a lot to us, and we will see you folks next week.